Uh, the people of God were being faced with a difficult truth uh, about themselves and their relationship with their God. Um, they neglected his word, and they, and they faced a set of consequences for this. Uh, in Isaiah 28, he refers to this consequence as an overflowing scourge, or this picture of this devastating storm. It's on the horizon, right? Uh, and the prophet's trying in vain to warn the people, it's coming, man, it's coming. Uh, and we know that, of course, is it's, uh, it's the Babylonian captivity, right? Um, they're coming to sweep Jerusalem away. They're going to burn it all down, right? Take the people uh, into a foreign land, um, but they ignore him. So later in the chapter of Isaiah, uh, this same chapter, 28, uh, the Lord addresses his people and characterizes, and characterizes them in a few startling ways, I think. Um, the Lord's focus is shifting here. Um, notably from just those evil acts, the waywardness of the people that often kind of characterizes uh, the, the book of Isaiah, um, to a way that they treat blessing in their life. Um, and this is how it goes in Isaiah 28. So, to his people, the Lord said, this is, the, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is my refreshing. Yet the people would not hear. But the word of the Lord was to them only precept upon precept and line upon line, here a little and maybe there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught on those words. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. All right. Uh, because they have said, we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol, or with hell, we are in agreement. When the overflowing scourge passes through, it will not come to us, surely. For we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood we have hidden ourselves. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of foundation, a tried stone and a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act rashly, and I will make justice their measuring line and righteousness their plumb line. The hail and storm will sweep away the refuge of lies that they have made, and the waters will overflow your hiding place, and your covenant will death with death will be annulled, and your agreement with hell will not stand. When the overflowing scourge passes through, then you will be trampled down by it, sure, for the bed is too short to stretch out on, and the covering so narrow that one cannot wrap himself in it. Now, the first time I read this piece of scripture, I was taken a little bit aback. Um, sometimes it's hard to really identify with the words of the prophets. There's a lot of talk about the burning of incense, incense to statues and, and pagan worship practices that don't always seem to apply to our modern circumstances. Um, but here he probes, I think, a little deeper into the hearts of men and says something more universal about the condition of our humanity. How often have we all, at one point or another, tried to escape the truth of our own lives? Um, we've all turned a blind eye to ourselves, I think, put on those masks of politeness when hurting or doubting, um, pretended that things were fine and when we didn't want to face maybe that situation or decision, maybe it's a relationship, a burden or some sin. Isaiah points us, uh, paints us a somewhat humorous, humorous picture, I think, um, of what, is, of what this is like. It's like a man on a bed, right? Um, it's, it's too small, and his icy feet are poking out the end. He's, he's trying to desperately, he's got the covers, he's trying to, to cover up, but it's not, it's not working. Um, and this is to say that in the short term, it feels safe to hide behind these lies that we can tell ourselves. It feels comfortable 
um, but only for a moment and only in one place. Um, we say, oh, it's fine. This is what I deserve. This is just my lot, right? Um, this is just who I am, I guess. Um, but in doing so, we reveal the lack of trust that ironically steals that same comfort that we pursue. So here we see the Lord calling out and saying, only I can refresh you. Only I have that salvation which will form a solid, immovable foundation for your life. I know you're afraid, and I know you've heard my words in the past. And maybe all you saw were those restrictions, those rules, those lines upon rhymes, uh, prediction, uh, precepts upon precepts. And yet, there's that nagging feeling that I am so much better than anything you've ever really known. So don't content yourself with an illusion or a facsimile of blessing, something that maybe you've provided for yourself, something that you think that you can control. Ask yourself, when everything crumbles and maybe things are hitting the fan, will the things that you count on come through for you? Only Jesus can cover us fully. Only he can be that true bed, that true comforter, right? Only he can content us and give us that true savory sustenance of his word, the real blessing. And that might mean facing ourselves and relinquishing control and opening ourselves to trust in ways that we have perhaps yet to imagine. So, Father, we just ask that we would, we would hear that today. We would hear that as my wife preaches today. We're excited for that. I'm excited for that. We ask that your words would come into our heart, Jesus, that it wouldn't just be precepts upon precepts or lines upon lines, just words in the air, but it was something that would seek, sink deep into our souls, sink deep into our hearts, that we would walk out boldly knowing that no matter what goes on in that world, what goes on outside this building, that you are there, the blesser, the provider, the person that we stand upon, the only one that we stand upon. In your name, Jesus, amen. Thank you, Peter. I got this off of Eric and Christina and whoever else is going to come with Lincoln. You can come now. We're going to dedicate little Lincoln Rent Hasbrook this morning. Praise God. This is Lincoln. Christina and Eric. And is it Wyatt? And I forget your names, but it's good to see the support and a few others there too of your family. And we know you have other family here. And we just thank the Lord for this little boy who's so special to you, to the whole family, to the loved ones, and to God. And um, God knew him from the foundation of the world. He knew he would be born. And he knew that uh, he would make him exactly who he is and the plan that he has for his life. The plan that he has for Lincoln's life. And um, so we're very thankful for that. And the Lord is very pleased when we come to dedicate our children to the Lord. You know, they learn from how we live before them, and they live what they have learned. And so today I have a few questions for you, and then for a larger group, but first for you and Eric, Mina. That is, do you promise to raise up Lincoln to know God, 
Through the example of your own personal walk with him, and do you pledge to be a hearer and doer of the word yourself, and by doing this, teach Lincoln the value of learning the scriptures also? And will you be parents that you would desire that Lincoln imitate in his life as he grows up? What do you answer to that? And then the rest of the loved ones and family that are here, but also the congregation. I just say, will you commit to pray for Lincoln and for his parents? And will you, will you be supporters and encouragers to these to, to Lincoln and their, his parents in the ways of the Lord? And uh, yeah, especially prayer covering. They do live in Fargo, so they're a little ways away from us, but their desire is kind of like a home church to them, and they just want us to be a part of this, and so we're privileged to do that. Joyce, I'd like to ask you to come up here. And I do it my oil. Maybe you have to find another one. I probably took it out so I'd have it handy, and then I... Did you ever do something like that? And have you lead a prayer for Lincoln? Lincoln in there. Oil represents the Holy Spirit in his life. So, and so, Father, in Jesus' name, we really released right now by faith in you and your word, your purpose for Lincoln's life. In Jesus' name, every aspect, Father. We thank you, Father, for health, strength, safety, protection. We thank you, Father, that your angels have charge over this little one. We thank you, Father, that you are the one that keeps him, keeps him physically, keeps him his heart and his soul, Father, his spirit, close to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that his steps are ordered by you in the name of Jesus. Whole Thank you, Father. Yes, finding you, knowing you as Savior, Lord, being filled with your Holy Spirit. Speak the blessing, Lord, A few announcements before we'll have Linnea. In fact, Linnea, you can start your way up here if you'd like. We do have a few announcements here. Um, did you know that next Sunday is daylight savings time? Thought I'd just remind you. So the clock will spring ahead, right? 
spring. Spring is coming. Um, and then on the 17th, Sunday, March 17, we'll have a Gideon here, so we'll be receiving an offering in that service. Not in the boxes, but we'll, I think Wayne Tiemann will be here and he'll be standing at the door as we go out so we can bring our offerings for Bibles on the 17th. And then the True Bridge Men's Retreat, I really want to encourage our men, please consider this and pray about if you, it would be great if you could come. Right here in Bemidji, it's at the Hampton Inn. There is a $25 cost, but that includes a meal and then also our offering for the speakers. And the main speaker is Pastor Doug Wing. He's the new director of the True Bridge Churches. And um, also, some of you remember, we know him by Eli, I think. Eli Gazalka, Dan Gazalka. He's another one of the speakers. Uh, so. Hi. Down. Old church. When the Gazalka boys would come, um, almost guaranteed Eli or Daniel would have some type of a gun boy gun hidden in one of his pockets or a homemade one or whatever. And his older brother would always like, give me that. You know, he's a policeman right now. Yeah, I like that. Clearbrook. Yeah, he's in Clearbrook. So anyway, that's, and um, if you could get these, you need a forum like this around the welcome center table and you fill out the forum and uh, include a $25, and there's a box on the table also that you can put it in, and we need those by the 17th. And Andrew Erholtz is kind of like a point person for us for this, so if you have questions, you could ask him. We're going to have a fish fry here on the last Sunday of this month. It's also a pop blessing, but if you have fish that you could donate, you can bring them and put them in the freezer here. You could also talk to Danny Fisher or Paul Hofflin about that um, if you have questions of how you could help and stuff. Northwest Minnesota Glow Retreat is coming up, and that's going to be April 6th. We'll talk about that a little more in the future. And then Wednesday, April 17, we are going to have a, on that Wednesday night, which when we normally have a prayer meeting, that particular one, we'll have a the communion, Passion Week communion service, that's the week before Easter. And then a personal note from Madonna Maria, uh, they are desiring that you know that Maria is available to cook authentic Mexican food that can be served at your personal family events or larger catering events. Some of the foods she specializes in are tamales and red and green salsa and pork and chicken, jalapenos optioned, cheese. They also have chicken tostados and pambazo, which is a sandwich made with chorizo. And we also we use fresh ingredients, quality meat, and we just wanted to share that with you today, that uh, that is an, a great option. So, I think you, if you get these, if you don't get these announcements, they're on our Facebook, and also 
Uh, you can receive them by email if you let Pastor ne Dean know your email address. We have the morning classes, we have the Wednesday, Wednesday activities, and then on Wednesday nights we also have the prayer meeting that you can see there. So, Linnea, we're looking forward to your sharing with us this morning. God bless you as you share. Good morning, everyone. And I'm just going to start out in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for our each individual relationship with you and just how special each of us are to you and how special you can be to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, first, I want to thank Stephen Joyce for giving me the opportunity to be able to share what's on my heart and um, just to allow the Lord to use me as a vessel. I really appreciate that. And I do want to thank my husband, Peter, too, for being my rock. <laughs> he just has helped to ground me in a lot of the revelations that the Lord has spoken to me been by the help of my husband stirring those up in my heart, so thank you. So I'm going to start with the verse, um, Matthew 6.33, and you probably have heard this several times, probably all your life, but it's, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, or added to you. And I think a lot of times, at least when I was young, I thought, okay, I'm going to put God at the top of the list, and then family, and then work, and then just kind of go down the line. But recently, the Lord's been just revealing to me that it doesn't say, seek God first, then seek this, then seek that. It just says, seek first the kingdom of God, period. So nothing else, just Jesus. And so if you, first of all, just think of that, you're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to be doing a whole lot else other than seeking the Lord or praying to him or worshiping him. But then what you realize is it says, then all these things will be added unto you. So they all come out of this place of first God. And so everything else is brought into their proper place. And then it's all these things will be added unto you, and it's that foundation so it's not like this, 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 but it's Jesus. And then from that, when we go to the grocery store, we're seeking the kingdom. When we're playing with little kids, we're seeking the kingdom. When we're eating, whatever we're doing, it's out of that place of seeking the kingdom because we're seeking the Lord's heart. And so... I think as Christians, even sometimes when we seek the things of God first, instead of seeking intimacy with the Lord, we can sometimes be brought out of balance. Um, I know sometimes if people end up seeking a certain aspect of what the Lord does for us, so much, and sometimes the Lord calls us to seek certain things in certain seasons, but what I'm talking about is 
seeking that thing above actually seeking that intimacy with the Lord, then we can oftentimes be out of balance and off kilter. And then you realize you actually didn't really have much of a relationship with the Lord, but you had a relationship with religion or fear or whatever it was, or even an aspect of who God is instead of all of him. Um, and so I, I know a lot of you have probably heard this phrase, keep the main thing the main thing, but I just think it's so true that we need to make sure that we're keeping him as the foundation. Um, so just some different ways that we can engage in intimacy with him is, um, like, we really can't see Christ unless we look. We, we don't find what we're not seeking for. And yes, there's times where the Lord pursues us and he chases after us and he reveals himself even before we knew he was there. But we're created to seek. We're created to long for him. And, but so many times, we're searching in the wrong places. We're seeking in the wrong places. But we're created to be drawn to him. And so... In this process of intimacy with the Lord, sometimes we can feel like this ball of weight that just ends up kind of like at the pit of your stomach. You just feel all tangled up, but then the Lord ends up sorting you out. And um, it's not about presenting everything perfect before the Lord, but it's allowing his love to come into every area of our lives so intimacy is really like, into me you see. Like, you see into my heart, and you are the one that loves me in every area. And it's vulnerable. It's difficult. It's not always easy. Um, so love is about being fully known. And this is something Peter and I, in studying for classes recently, have just really dug into a little bit deeper. Um, in this, like this social media society, it's, you see so many things about people. You can see things about people that you haven't actually seen those people in years and years, but you know all these different details about their lives. But I think what sometimes that has turned us into is we know about people, but we don't know, truly know them. And so God wants to know, he knows everything about us, but he wants to know us. And we might know a lot about God, but we want to know him, to deeply know him. And so being known is believing and trusting in the revelation of truth, allowing that truth, that that seed of truth in our hearts to grow and trusting and believing in that and allowing that to grow. Um, and loving others in this way is really powerful because we don't even, we don't need to know everything about them, but we can have them be fully known in the way we love them because we reveal truth to them in the way that Jesus wants to reveal it to them. Um, so kind of on this point, uh, I felt like recently the Lord was telling me that you can only love in the measure that you're loved and thought of. So 
if you receive that love from God, then that's the measure that you're able to, re- to give that love. And there is no measure in the Lord, but when you receive from him, you're able to give that fullness, that richness. I think sometimes we nobly try not to think so much about how God loves us directly because we try to focus on, at least I do, I need to love you, Lord. I need to love you, Lord, which is good. But then I end up forgetting that I need to know his love before I can truly love. And so, okay, so that's kind of the foundation. He's our treasure. He's our intimacy. Intimacy with him is the foundation. So going from that um, point, I'm going to look a little bit more into treasures. Um, So I love treasure hunts. And I've just always loved treasure hunts. It's one of the funnest things for me like just having different clues and going from one place to the next. And it's never really even about what's at the end of the treasure hunt. It's just always about the fun journey of just going from clue to clue. And people who really know me um, have done these treasure hunts for me, like my mom for some birthdays, or Peter actually, when he was proposing to me, kind of took me on a treasure hunt and so that like especially with them writing these different little riddles and clues they were oftentimes about different things about my heart or different things about who I was and so in those treasure hunts they were fun not just because it was a fun thing to do but it showed me it revealed to me that they truly knew who I was and that they were revealing to me that love that they had for me in each individual thing. And so um, that was just that intimacy. So, like, the it just, uh, let's see. And just the time spent with others as we went on those treasure hunts. And I feel like a lot of times that's how God wants to be with us is he wants to just kind of, this journey is just this treasure hunt. Like he ends up planting these clues in our lives into the heart of who he is. And some, if we're not aware of that, then we oftentimes miss them. And so he, and so he just brings us on this journey and then we get together with people from church or friends or family and we enjoy the time together. We discuss, we talk, what does this riddle mean? If you really look in scripture, a lot of it is riddles and a lot of it is really, if you just read it at face value, you're like, what in the world does that say? But I think part of the reason is because he truly Um, puts treasures in there for us to find. And it's not just in scripture, but it's in our daily lives. There's just treasures that he places in strategic places for us to find so that we can, and that's seeking him. That's what seeking him is. It's discovering those things and opening our hearts to see those things in our lives. Um. Just the other morning, I saw, like, the last few days, there's been a beautiful sunrise. 
And I just had this moment with the Lord where it was like, I could just look at this sunrise and be like, oh, this is a pretty sunrise. But I felt the Lord's love in him say, this is for you. Like, I love you. This is, this is a treasure I want to give you. And I could have missed that moment. I could have just like, oh, pretty sunrise. But there's something special about that intimacy with the Lord when we open ourselves to actually discovering those things that he actually does want to show us. And he doesn't, sometimes when I think of seeking him, I think, and I've heard the phrase, which I think there's definitely valid points for chasing after the Lord, but I've oftentimes pictured myself running and he's like running away from me and I just have to keep up with him. And I don't believe he does that because he's always with us, but what he does is he, like I said, places clues along our journey into his heart. And if we're not actively seeking him, then we may miss those moments. But he doesn't hide but he waits for us to let go so we can fully enjoy him and so he can enjoy us and reveal himself. Um, I'm going to go to the next scripture here. It is Matthew 6, 19 to 21. It's, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the first part of the verse. Um, sometimes when I've heard this verse, I've, my first reaction is, oh boy, I guess I can't have any stuff. Like, where does it end? Like, okay, I need to give him everything, so should I sell everything I own? And sometimes the Lord does call people to do that. But, or should I just, I like get in this cycle of, I don't need, I can't have stuff. Or I come from the side of, I know I can have stuff, but it can't have any room, I can't have any attachment to it at all. No, nothing can be like a treasure at all. Um, so, but what the Lord's been trying to show me is that trying to negate the world around me isn't truly storing up treasures in heaven, but it's actually revealing that my heart is too attached to those things because they have that control over me and preventing me from truly treasuring him. So essentially, it's not things versus Jesus. It's Jesus, then all things will be added unto you. And so what I am going to look at here is, uh, oh, and then treasures on earth can become treasures in heaven when we're in the Lord. And I'm not just talking about just physical things around us, but that can be true as well. Um, I actually think about my mother-in-law, Kelly. She had, um, long ago, she had, God told her to write a list of certain things that she wanted. 
and because she was having a hard time trusting him. And so she wrote down a list of all these specific details to the lampshades, to the kind of chairs and stuff that she wanted. And it was all based in this intimacy with the Lord, not because she really needed those things, but that intimacy. But then the Lord, little by little, ended up giving her every single thing to the very detail of how she pictured it. And I just, I love that story that she tells us because it, it just reveals that the Lord wants to do that for us and not just to just give us things. And the thing is, those treasures, those things that she has in her house, it's not the physical thing that is going to last forever, but the connection that that treasure has made for her has, will connect with her through eternity. And so I think that's just kind of what I'm trying to get at here. Um, and so the part of the verse where it talks about where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, I've, this verse has meant so many different things to me throughout the years. And oftentimes we read it as Jesus being the treasure, which I think is absolutely true. Um, and I've already established that with talking about intimacy with him. But like I said, oftentimes I'll feel guilty for treasuring other things or people or places. And even with the baby dedication here, obviously parents treasure their children so much. And so I want to focus on the word where. So where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So God isn't saying we can't have any other tre treasures or things that we cherish besides him, but where are we placing that? So where the treasure of your kids are, where the treasure of your job is, where the treasure of the things on earth that you hold dear, where are you placing that? So while the Lord is our foundation and ultimate treasure, he is also our treasure chest. And when we place everything we are in him, we are trusting in him and revealing where our heart is. Um, so when we do this, we truly discover what are um, really treasures and what aren't, um, and what are things that are actually harming us. So the most precious jewels are discovered amidst dirt and grime and all kinds of other elements. And so when given to the Lord, he rinses us clean and reveals the true beauty of the treasures he's given us. And then they're able to be in their proper place and illuminate his purpose in that thing or that person or place so he illuminates the good and he melts away the bad. This is more about revealing where your heart is than necessarily a command on what to treasure. Um, it's not just about giving God all our stuff, but our entire selves. And instead of letting go and losing control being a taxing thing. I think sometimes we think of surrender as like, oh boy, like I don't want to do that. Or, or you try and try, you're like, oh, I surrender, I surrender. 
but we can rather see it as placing these different treasures in our lives, in the treasure chest, and having God shine through them. And so treasure things and people, but treasure them in Christ, in Christ. And um, I'm just going to briefly talk about the, I won't bring it up on the screen or anything, but um, the story about the hidden talent, I think most of us know where um, the, there was three different people where they were given three different amounts of money to go and invest. And the first man, he went and he hid his talent. Um, and so I think sometimes we take our treasures and we hide them in fear or we hide them in doubt, maybe shame. There are many ways that we hold on to or that we hide the treasures in our lives and then we end up losing them. Um, when we place our treasures in his hands, he multiplies them. Like the others in the story, not about how much or even always what the treasures are, but where we place them. And so there's also another, uh, most of these are actually in Matthew as well. Um, but if you want to hold on to your life, you will lose it. But if you lose it for his sake, you'll find it. I know you probably have heard that verse as well. And this verse used to scare me and confuse me. And it took lots of uh, praying and seeking the Lord to actually discover what it meant. Um, but kind of like in the song Fields of Grace, I think there was a place where it said, there's a place where I lose myself in you. There's a place where I find myself again. And just in the context of what we're talking about, if we think of ourselves of just losing ourselves in his love, depositing our life in his safe, loving treasure chest of his heart, and then we'll not only find him being our treasure, but we'll also discover what he has created us for and that he's found us, that we're his precious treasure. So him being our treasure chest, when we place ourselves in the treasure chest of his heart, we discover that we're his treasure. Not only is he our treasure, but we're his treasure. And everything that comes out of our life ends up being a treasure of his. And this is really like what I was talking about, to be known, to be fully known, and to know and fully know him. So in closing here, I would just challenge us to seek him first by resting on that foundation of intimacy with him and then placing our life in his heart, discovering that we are fully treasured by him and that he is the true treasurer and that although all the beautiful things that he gives us as clues or treasures are wonderful reflections of who he is, they all come from the source of the one and only treasure that places all these other treasures in their rightful place, which is Jesus. And so, Lord, I just thank you 
I thank you for your word and your life. I thank you that when we seek you, we lack no good thing. I thank you that you are our treasure, but we are also your treasure. Because for the joy set before you, you endured the cross. Lord, we're that joy that was set before you. We were your prize, and you found us, Lord. So I just ask that you would help us to lose ourselves in you so that you find us, and that we find ourselves in you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, and I thank you for all the other treasures that you've given us on this earth, that we place them, we think about the where, we place them in you, in Jesus' name, amen. That message was a treasure. And, uh, is it? Oh. I did that earlier, I think, today. Um, the message was a treasure. And, um, it will be on SoundCloud, so you can hear that again, but also we'll get it on our Facebook page, the, the, the outline for it, so that you can, uh, do some more mining out the treasure there. And uh, we want to welcome you to stay for fellowship, coffee, and goodies, and so forth. Peter, Peter, I'd like to... It's by the kitchen, okay. Peter, if you could come up and minister with your wife, if anybody has a prayer need. If you have a prayer need, please be free to come for prayer. There'll be other prayer ministers available, too, or... Find someone, you know, we have ministers all over here that can pray with you. So, thanks again. That was so good. God bless.